but yeah, that like mental burnout, it's a tough thing to come back from. And if you try to push it too soon, you just run into those same problems that you had to begin with. Dizruns Radio, episode 684, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by my friends over at Exoskin, who uh, are you know kind of starting to uh, rock the boat a little bit in the uh, compression performance wear category for us as as runners. Um, and and one thing I don't know if, if any of you have ever been down this route before, but uh, I know I have where where I get uh, some some nice gear, uh, a nice pair of of uh, running socks or a, a dry fit shirt, compression, something like that. And uh, I'm a little bit nervous sometimes to use it because I've I've heard these horror stories before where the the more you launder something like that, uh, the the less you know it starts to wear out. It starts to lose some of its compression. Uh, all of a sudden, it's it's falling apart. There's little holes start to form, and you know this this piece of gear that you spent probably a, a decent chunk of money on because it was it was high quality. It is high quality, but it doesn't hold up to the washing machine. Uh, that was that was a nerve, a little bit of a fear I had going into uh, my relationship with the folks at Exoskin, and um, I'll, I'll be honest, they they sent me a pair of, of socks to, to try out, super comfortable. I ta- I've talked about them before. I'll talk about them again. Um, the the toe socks, I love them, but uh, I was I, I've I've been a little nervous to to you know use them very regularly, and uh, I was I was assured by uh, by my man Croy over at Exoskin that don't worry. Like yes, they're clothing apparel. Like eventually, if you if you wear it nonstop, eventually it, it will wear out. But you can wear these this gear. You can wash it. You can launder it. Um, and it's not like it's just going to fall apart. Stop absorbing the sweat. Start start to stink. Things like that. Um, all the technology that Exoskin has put into their their fabric. It's all like part of the fabric. It's not just something that's sprayed on that can then wash off. Which is uh, something that apparently some of the other players in the market do. That's uh, a, a little tactic that maybe they make to make their margins a little bit better uh, instead of making the product a little bit better. And Exoskin doesn't cut that corner. So if you're in the market, whether it's for socks or I've, I've recently got some some shirts as well, uh, a, a compression uh, sleeveless shirt, which, uh, you know, depending on where you're listening to this and what time of year it is, it might not be uh, something that, that you're into. But here in Florida, it's always it's always sleeveless shirt weather. Uh, but that's super comfortable. I'm actually wearing it right now. I also got a, a, a looser fit, which, you know, in the compression category, it's not super baggy, but it's definitely not, you know, super form fitting, uh, but both very, very comfortable. I've worn them both for runs, uh, no issues there at all. Uh, so if you want to check out all the things that Exoskin has going on, I definitely would encourage you to do so. Exoskin.us is the website. And uh, if you use the code Dizruns at checkout, you can save uh, 20% as well. So you save a little bit of money, lets them know that uh, that, they're, that their advertising dollars are, are working, uh, which hopefully allows us to continue their relationship because, you know, it keeps the food on the table, keeps the lights uh, lights on, keeps the podcast flowing, uh, and allows me to keep doing some bigger and better things for y'all as well. So it's a, it's the classic win 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 scenario, which is what we're always going for uh, when I when I work with different partners, whether it's it's sponsors, whether it's races, whatever. We're trying to get that that win 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 for everybody, and I think that we have one here with Exoskin. So check them out, Exoskin.us. Diz runs at checkout, save yourself twenty percent. And now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is a guy that's a, a runner, obviously, but he's also a podcaster and a coach. So clearly, we have a few things uh, in common, and as such, I'm, I'm sure that we will have no shortage of things to talk about today. So I'm going to keep the intro short and sweet and tight, which is not something that uh, usually happens around here, uh, and we're just going to dive right in. So uh, without any further ado, uh, Mr. Justin Horniger, thanks for uh, joining us today, and, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm glad we can get together and talk shop. Yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. It's been a, it's been a long time coming, which no, nobody else knows that but but myself and, and yourself. But uh, glad to finally connect. And, and guys, if you want to connect with Justin, find out a bit more about uh, what he's doing, what he's got going on, things of that nature. Uh, kind of got uh, two different handles on, on both social media, or at least on, on Instagram and Twitter. But, uh, you know, same 
I don't know how I'm going to try to say this, but uh, you can follow either him or the podcast, I guess. And it's the same handle on both places uh, as far as each. I don't know. What am I, whatever I'm trying to say here, at Horniker Justin <laughs> is the handle on Instagram and Twitter. And also at Run Through It Pod uh, on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow both, one or the other, whatever you want. Uh, but that Horniker Justin, that's H-O-R-N-E-K-E-R, Justin, all one word, and then Run Through It Pod, all one word as well. Same handles, both places. I can't talk, but it's all good. Instagram and Twitter. Nicely done. Yeah, I, I, I tried, tried to salvage it, tried to pull up a little bit and, and uh, salvage the landing there. Uh, and, and the podcast, in case you couldn't, Figure it out from uh, the Instagram and Twitter handle there. The podcast is titled Run Through It, and uh, you can find that wherever podcasts are sold. If you, uh, you, know, and we, you know, we all need an extra podcast to listen to from time to time. So uh, next time you're in the market or just right now while you're listening, go ahead and, and pull up the, uh, the app, uh, search whatever, whatever app you're listening to, search for Run Through It, click subscribe, and uh, give Justin's show a listen. And of course, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, just like we always do. And for today, that means uh, you need to head over to disruns.com slash 684 to get the links, social media stuff, podcast information, uh, and anything else we talk about that makes sense to, uh, to, to write down there. Ellen will have it taken care of and covered. You can check it out, disruns.com slash 684. So, Justin, now now that uh, we've gotten through all that and the uh, the Instagram and Twitter debacle, uh, time to time to get things going in the in the right now direction. That that's out of the way. Yeah, now that now that that's out of the way, we can we can uh, focus on on some easier conversation. At least for me, mm-hmm. easier conversation. Uh, but the way we start off each episode of the show here is uh, with with the same simple question. For some some people, it's an easy one to answer. For some people, it's a it's a little bit more of a of a head scratcher and trying to to pick pick the winner. But uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Ooh, okay. So my favorite distance to race is the 1500 slash mile, um, kind of that range. But that was like my race in high school and college that I just like, I don't know. I just love that race because it's basically as long as you put yourself in position over the last lap, like anyone can take it. And uh, I just like, I like those workouts and I like the way that like mentality is of a miler. Um, so that's kind of my, my favorite race distance. I've kind of done them all and that's always been my favorite gotcha. to go back to. Gotcha. Gotcha. Short, short and fast, at least for those that are yeah. the, the distance, the distance <laughs> runners among us, which I think is, is most of the audience. Um, the idea of running a, a, a race that is, you know, like you said, 1500 mile, whatever, whatever, uh, whichever event you're at, whether it's a perfect mile mm-hmm. or just, just a touch short, um, for a lot of us, I don't feel like we've even, uh, started to, to feel like we've maybe even started to hit the stride yet and your, and your race is already over. Um, but obviously from, from that answer and, and like you said, running that type of distance in, in high school and, and college and whatnot, um, Sounds like running then has been a, a part of your life pretty much uh, for, for quite a while. Yeah, it has been. I mean, I started running in, well, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, my high school cross country coach is also my eighth grade math, math teacher. Mm. And kind of, he took me aside one day because I think I'd run a race with my dad. It's like the, like jogging it. And that was probably like one of the most miserable experiences <laughs> of my childhood. But he saw that and then he took me aside and like started like pestering me about running high school cross country. So Eventually, enough of those seeds were planted um, that I decided to give it a try. And uh, I went out the summer for my freshman year and ran with the team. And then I was hooked from there. So it's been, yeah, it's been pretty much a whole life thing for me. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, what, what's the what's the farthest type of distances that you've done? So I've, I've done a marathon. That's kind okay. of my, my longest so far. Um, Mileage-wise, like in college, you know, as a collegiate runner, like I did – 80 to 90 miles a week. Um, but that definitely, definitely took a lot out of me to do that for a sustained period of time with how college training is. So like these days I'm running like 60, 70 miles a week, just trying to enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, the marathon has been my longest race distance and I'm hoping to do another one in the fall of next year to, Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 60, 60 to 70 miles a week. That's, that still sounds like a, a lot for, for me. Uh, sounds like probably I'm, I'm going to assume for, for a lot of folks listening that that sounds like a lot there as well. Um, and especially in, and maybe this ties into some coaching stuff as well. We'll get, we'll get into that a little bit later, yeah. but, um, people that are listening are probably going, wait, six, 60, 70 miles a week. And you're not even, you know, quote unquote, you're not even training for a marathon. And you know, that's kind of like, for some people, that's like for a lot of people, that's even beyond peak marathon type of distance. Um, yeah. so, so I think I know the answer, but, but for the, the, the benefit of those that, that are listening that, that maybe can't quite put these pieces together, why so many miles when you're again, quote unquote, only running shorter, 
again, relatively speaking here, shorter distance races, um, than, than, uh, you know, the marathon or something longer than that. Yeah. I mean, I've always felt comfortable like with more mileage in me, like aerobically. So mm. you kind of run more miles, especially in like the base phase. So if I'm training for the mile in, in particular, like I want to run more miles so that when it gets to time to do like those really hard workouts that I can do more and do longer. Um, and then not have to worry about breaking down as quickly. So that's kind of, I always felt more comfortable on more miles, like while I'm racing than anything. Um, but it's, you know, like with anything, it's a case by case basis. So some people run really fast off, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles a week. And some people need to run 60, 70, 80, hundred miles a week to run their best. So, right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly true. I love, I love what you said there about, um, what I, you, know, you use a different word, but it's basically the same thing as what I talk about building the base all the time. And just yeah. the importance of having that foundation so that when you do want to go hard, whether it's in a workout or on race day, there's actually something to push off of. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, something that I think we can all, all overlook pretty easily if we're not careful is the importance of just getting, getting those miles in and, and whatever that number is for you, 30, 50, 60, 80, whatever. Um, those, those miles per week are important. Uh, even if they don't always feel like it because it's like, Oh, I'm just running easy most of the time. Like it's, it yeah. really is, it really is pretty vital. Um, whatever uh, lets you get to the workouts, like, especially in your, in your big buildup, whatever lets you kind of crush those workouts, what you need to be doing. Right. Right. So exactly. my philosophy. Exactly. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the higher mileage that you did in, in college, 80 to hundred miles uh, a week on top of, you know, I, I, I worked with the middle Tennessee state, uh, cross country and, and track team as an yeah. athletic trainer for a couple of years. So I kind of, you know, I kind of have seen uh, firsthand, of course, um, not, not, not experienced, but, uh, but seen, uh, firsthand what, you know, what that's like. And, and, you know, in addition to, to that type of mileage for training, you're also racing every weekend pretty much. Um, and of course, when it gets into track season, you're, you're quite possibly racing a couple of times each weekend, depending on, you know, if you're doing the, the, the 1500, especially there could be qualifying heats and, and, and finals and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and you said, if I remember correctly, that you kind of body, you know, that was kind of maybe a bit much for you. Um, so w- with me being an athletic trainer and with me uh, being a nerd for running injuries, did you ever have any, uh, any injuries in those, in those really high volume and competitive days in, in, uh, your college running career or even, even beyond I mean, that, but starting there? For me, it was more mentally than anything. Like the mental grind of it is kind of what like kind of took me out over time. Um, as far as injuries go, like I'm kind of lucky in that regard. Um, I had kind of a stress fracture in my foot junior year of college, but that was coming off of like when I started to get back into training after cross country season. So all my injuries have kind of been like in the start of my buildup coming off of nothing and like in those first couple weeks coming back to running. Um, so I've been kind of lucky as far as that goes, especially on the longer mile weeks, but I've always been pretty good of like listening to your body, mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot of mobility type exercises so that if something does come up, like, so if you feel, for instance, my hip flexors are always what gives me some trouble. Um, right. but if I feel that, you know, at the end of a run or after a run, I'm usually pretty good about that evening or the next evening, kind of going to town on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That uh, seems to do pretty well. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's, uh, the name of the game. And it's something that I, I feel like, um, maybe you almost have to learn through uh, trial and error of like what, what, <laughs> what kind of pains and what kind of little aches and niggles are like something that you need to really address now before it gets worse. And what's just kind of that normal, you know, a little bit sore after a hard run, but you know, it's, it's yeah. no what's a, problem. what's a 72 hour thing. And what's a couple week thing. Right. And like some of that, you have to make that mistake. Cause you have to like actually feel it to know like, okay, I pushed it too far. Right. I'm going to pay the price, but <laughs> now I know for future reference that. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And, and, um, you know, it, it is one of those things that I, again, like I said, and, and, and you just said as well, you kind of have to, to sometimes learn it, learn it the hard way, take those, take those lumps, but then hopefully only need to learn the lesson once and not keep dealing with the same, the same issues over and over. Um, with, with, with hindsight as a guide, do you think, and, and the impression that I got was that this is the case, but, but, uh, I don't want to just make assumptions for you. Uh, you said kind of some of the, the little injuries and things that, that you experienced in, in those college days were kind of coming into into a buildup or, you know, kind of in the, the beginning of a season or the beginning of a, of a new right. season building yep. up towards, towards whatever, you know, the, the goals for that, that particular season. Um, do you think it was a, a case of, 
you know, kind of that, that fresh excitement of the new season starting, whether it's, you know, cross country to track or, or, you know, in the fall going into cross country, the new, the new season there kind of that excitement, excitement and trying to do too much or, um, because I feel like, you know, again, talking to, to recreational runners, uh, I see that I think somewhat often where it's like, you know, I, I'm kind of doing my, my base training, but it's like, now I'm signed up for a race. So like now it's real. And like, you kind of get get that excitement and you push it a little bit too much and then that can, can sometimes lead to injury. Do you think that was a case of what may have happened to you as well? Yeah. And like something I'm still a big advocate of is like taking, you know, two weeks off throughout the year, mm-hmm. like after your big race. So essentially after every cross country season, after every track season, we take two weeks off, like one week of doing absolutely nothing, one week of every other day. But by the end of those two weeks, you're kind of like itching to get back at it. So part of it is, yeah, just like being ready to go again. Um, and the other thing is, what I've kind of noticed, at least for me, is like my metabolism gets kind of like out of whack when I go from training really hard to not training for a week or two weeks and then getting back into it. And part of that was I wasn't exactly eating enough because my body didn't feel hungry. So I wasn't taking enough mm-hmm. nutrition, enough food um, to really like fuel myself. So that's kind of where after seeing a couple of doctors about my stress fracture on my foot, like one of the things was it was just not getting the recovery and nutrition that it needed because I just wasn't eating enough because my body didn't feel hungry. So part of it is like after you go from inactivity to activity again, and like jumping back into it, like kind of have to be a little more careful. Um, Like just really feeling out your body and really making sure you're doing all the little things right again. Cause it's easy to just like want to go gung ho back into where you were like a month ago, but Mm -hmm. you know, you need to ease into it a little bit easier than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and I, I love that. Uh, I love that you said that because it's, it's sometimes I feel like when I, th- when I keep saying that, you know, it can, it's easy to drown me out, but hearing it, hearing a different voice, yeah. a different, <laughs> different perspective, uh, basically still saying the same thing. Hopefully that'll, that'll sink into some, some folks that, uh, have struggled because it, again, you know, I mean, we, we've said it already and I, I've said it dozens of times. I'll say it dozens more, you know, sometimes you just have to learn the hard way, but hopefully you can, you can learn a few things from, from, uh, from this show, from, from your show, from, from other, yeah. uh, sites and sources to kind of help prevent some of those those repeated mistakes so uh, like you know i learned all my lessons the hard way so i think one of the reasons why i like coaching so much is because i have made a lot of mistakes so if i can stop you from doing the things i did then that's that's successful talk in my opinion yeah certainly (laughs) certainly so you, you you finish up the the college career um what was what was running like for you after that and and just for the the sake of those listening how how long has it been since you've been uh running competitively in college um, it's been three years now. Uh, so and that's part of, part of the reason why I started my podcast. I was completely burnt out mentally, like after I finished competing, um, just like from getting like the grind to just get through college in general. And then, you know, running as much as you do. I think if you talk to a lot of former college athletes, they'll tell you like that year afterwards, you're just kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like almost took a year off of running. I'd still, I'd still ran like a couple times a week, just nothing, nothing really sustained. Um, I was just kind of like mentally burned out on training and everything. Um, so I kind of got fed up with that. And part of the reason why I started my podcast was so I kind of talked through some of the like anxiety I was feeling over like not running anymore. Um, and through that, I kind of started getting back into it. It took a little bit to get that routine down again. Um, I would have like a couple weeks where I was on it a couple weeks where I, you know, maybe ran three or four times a week, a couple weeks where I was back to kind of my normal routine. And then a couple weeks where I just completely fell off. Um, but the main thing is just kind of sticking with it. So like now, um, probably the past year or so I've been extremely consistent again, kind of running, you know, five to six days a week kind of where I want to be, um, mileage wise and getting to where I want to be. So it just, it took a little bit, but it's something that you can't give up on. You just have to keep plugging away, keep plugging away at that routine and getting back into it. Um, but yeah, that like mental burnout, it's a tough thing to come back from. And if you try to push it too soon, you just run into those same problems that you had to, to begin with. And then it's just, you don't want to make it not fun for yourself anymore. So everything was just kind of focused on taking some of that pressure off, taking all the pressure, you know, not having to compete necessarily, but just kind of learning to run because you love running again. So that's where I've been lately. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, I feel like, and again, not being, not being a college athlete, not being a, a college mm-hmm. runner. Um, 
but but I feel like that's that's got to be fairly common where in 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 just about any sport, you know, but yeah. but running maybe being that that unique or one of the more unique sports in that you know, you can you can go from running in college to then, you know, continuing to run. There's not a whole lot of um, you know, football players or basketball players or or volleyball players or or whatever that, you know, you can just you graduate and then it's just like there's no shortage of other times to just jump in a uh, uh, a race, you know, you, we can jump in a race. Yeah. Like for them, it's like it's you got to get a life. team, got to get a team together, and and you know, unless you, unless you're trying to play professionally, it's it's a little bit more difficult. So, um, all that to say, you know, I, I think it's again, you know, trying to tie this into to those listening that that are, are like me that didn't run in yeah. college and, and don't know what it was like to do that, but maybe we've experienced something similar where it's like you've got this this race and you're training for this race and everything, you know, you're, you're it's it's a goal race, it's a big deal, you really want to do well. And then you, you know, race day comes, hopefully you, you hit your goals, you blow them out of the park. And then it's kind of like, well, what, what's, what's, what's next? next? And yeah. I feel like that's, that's the same thing for you. And it took you, it took you a while to figure it out. So, you know, maybe we could speak, we could speak to that a little bit more as far as, you know, sharing some of your experience to, to, to talk to those that, you know, maybe are, are still feeling like they're in a funk, you know, a month, six weeks after that, that big goal race. And like, gosh, I don't really want to, I don't really want to run, but I, I should run. like, like being in, in that, in that mind, mind space. And, and, um, I, I don't know that I have a question other than to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, just kind of letting that, that play out as long as it takes, because I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong from your experience, there is no perfect timeline of, you know, it should take you X amount of time to recover mentally and to be excited to run again. Like that could take a few days. It could take yeah, a few weeks. I mean, you had to take at your own speed. Like that's the thing with the mental side of running and with kind of training anxiety and that sort of thing. Um, we're all individuals. We all have our own motivations and everything. So you have to take it at your pace. Don't rely on what happened with other people. Cause then once you start comparing yourself to other people again, that's when you kind of lose that spark that you're trying to get back. Um, you know, a lot of time, like for me, what worked was just kind of my goal to get back into running was to learn to enjoy running again. So that was kind of the precipice for it. And then once I started to kind of get in the groove again, then I set a race goal for me down the line. But kind of when you stop and then you say, okay, look around, there's nothing coming up on your schedule. You've hit your PRs out of the park. Because that was one thing for me was my final track race. I broke the school record um, in the 1500. Right. So then after that, I'm looking around and it's like, all right, I'm totally burnt out because I just, you know, uh, I was a biochem major. So that took a lot of like this being in college, you know, the college life just completely stressed me out and burned me out from that end. And I had just completed my like one and only running goal I've had since freshman year of college. And then now I'm looking around and it's like, all right, I got nothing. <laughs> so, um, I just kind of mentally wasn't sure where to go. Mm-hmm. So I luckily I was coaching at the college. So I kind of put a lot of that effort my year after I graduated into kind of helping out, um, coaching the distance team. Um, but then I kind of started thinking and I like got, I missed it. I started miss running cause I wasn't in the groove that I was previous. So then I started trying to get back into it. And like I said, it was pretty hard at first to get that groove going. Um, but once I made the decision that, okay, my goal is just going to be, I just want to run consistently and I want to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't really working out necessarily. I was just kind of getting out there trying to run, uh, <laughs> trying to get miles in just to get miles in easy running all the time. Um, just to try to enjoy it, just to try to get kind of that spark back. And then once I did, like once I kind of got in the groove and I started to look forward to my run every day, then I decided, okay, now I'm going to start training for, for a full. Um, and that's kind of, that was kind of my method of getting back into it. It wasn't like a linear path or a mm-hmm. lot of like bumps in the road, but, um, like my, what I would say is just not, don't get discouraged with it. If you are burnt out, you know, if you don't necessarily know what you're going to do next, um, maybe you have a period of a month or a couple months where you're just running to kind of get that spark back again. And then once you do, then it's time to kind of look at a race, but we all have different motivations. We right. all have different things that, that kind of get us in the mode. Like some people kind of need that race to look forward to, and some people just need to chill out a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's certainly, certainly true. And one of those things that, uh, um, you know, it's, it's important to remember that, you know, what, what works for one may work for you, but it may not. And like you said, having a race, that may be that thing that motivates you and, and keeps it, keeps it fun, keeps it, keeps, you know, having that, that almost that, that excitement of looking forward to that race day that, that brings you joy. And for some that might be more, uh, stress and anxiety than it's worth. Um, yeah. 
but but you mentioned in there a few times this word kept coming up of of finding the joy and enjoying running again. What what uh, what did that look like for you? What what was what what did you know enjoying running again? Uh, what what did that? Can, can you can you describe what that looked like for you? Yeah, I mean it's just like taking all the stress out of training. Um, so for me, like. I, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to like run well, to work out well, um, you know, to race well and learning to like, not put a lot of emphasis on times and put a lot of emphasis on distance necessarily. Um, I started running without a watch and just kind of running, getting out the door and going until I, you know, felt tired and turning around. Um, just kind of that, like take all of the like pressure off. That was kind of what it took for me to learn to actually like enjoy the act of like getting out the door and going running again. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, like as a college athlete, like I wasn't necessarily running because I enjoyed running. I was running because I wanted to run a fast time down the road. Right. Um, so it was kind of a new process for me. It was just to enjoy the act of running. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a no pressure thing. So if you can take all the pressure off, then you kind of get down to the, to the base of the activity. And that's, uh, kind of what it took. Gotcha. When, when you, uh, got to that point, where, where this was fun again. And like you said, then it was like, all right, then it's time to put a race on the calendar and have something to train for. Did that, were you able to, to keep it fun? And if so, how, or was that kind of a struggle to all of a sudden go from, like you said, not having a watch, not caring it, like not that you didn't care, but it wasn't, it wasn't stressful. It wasn't, it wasn't something that you had to do. You were doing it to enjoy it. And now all of a sudden you got this race out there. Was, did that kind of shift you back into college mode a bit? Or were you able to, to shift the focus, keep it fun while also then training for a race? No, yeah, I was able to, I was able to kind of keep that because it's a totally different type of like running than it was with what my past training was. So I was able to kind of keep some of the joy in it. Um, like workouts, I'm always going to have some kind of workout anxiety as far as like getting up to actually run fast. That's always something that my body has a tough time doing these days. So (laughs) that part of it is definitely just as stressful as it was, but I think I enjoy the actual runs more than I did, um, which I think keeps, you know, it kind of recharges that emotional, emotional container, which is a big thing um, for just keeping me going. So it's been easier. Like I definitely look forward to it more than I did when I was training more competitively, but um, yeah, it's still there. There's still those things that like, if I now were to still go out and run hard every day, like I would definitely get back into that mindset, but it's just, it's learning. It's learning to, not have to push it every day to not, you know, there's, there's nothing telling me that I have to run a workout hard today. You know, so if mentally I'm not feeling up to it, then I don't have to push that mindset. Um, I talk a lot about on my podcast, just about like running with race anxiety and anxiety in general and like how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the things I've gotten better with. It's just kind of dealing with that side of it. Well, since, since you teed that up for me, that wasn't necessarily where I was planning on, on going next. But um, again, I mean, you know, even though your ex- experience as a runner running competitively, things like that is, is different than a lot of folks that listen to the show. I also know from, from questions that people have asked and, and people that I, that I work with as a coach that there is yeah. still, you know, race anxiety for folks that are, that are running for trying to get the PR the first time running this distance, even though they've, they've never run quote unquote competitively before. So what, what have you found? And, and again, nobody not trying to say anything that here that what works for you specifically will work for somebody else, but maybe it plants that seed or gives that person that, that struggles with race day anxiety, um, a little bit of a, something to try. And then they can kind of figure out their own, um, their own way to, to combat their own race day anxiety demons. So what, uh, if you don't mind going into that, what is, what has worked for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is like uncertainty. So there's two parts of it. There's uncertainty and then there's like fixating on it too much. So you kind of have to, find that middle line of if you're not sure what to expect, if you go into it blind and you don't know what's going to happen on race day, that itself is going to cause some anxiety because you're kind of looking at it and, and you don't know what's going to come. And like that itself, that like, all right, what's going to happen when I tow the line kind of thing. That's an anxious experiment in itself. Um, but for me, like my problem was always like fixating on things too much. Like it would be the week of week of the big race coming up. And I just spend like every night, every day, just like, fixating on what's going to happen come race day. And then you line up, you get into the race and then you don't feel how you're expecting to feel. And then all of a sudden everything's kind of like up in the air. Um, and you kind of throw the talent. So what I try to tell people is one work on like visualizing multiple different race scenarios. So if your ideal race scenario doesn't plan out to say 
you saw the line, you're expecting to feel amazing from the get-go, and you're going to make your move at this mile, you're supposed to hit your split at this mile, um, but you know maybe the weather's hot, maybe you're just not feeling it that day, whatever have you, it doesn't happen. So you need to have a backup plan so that when that does, kind of something along the way doesn't go as you planned, that you have, you visualize this, your backup scenarios have made you ready to, okay, you know, you just got to roll with the punches at a certain point. Um, so part of it is preparation, just having a race plan to begin with. Um, and then the second part of it is once you have that race plan, give yourself permission to look at it, visualize it, and then forget about it until race day. Um, don't fix on it. Don't think about every second of the day for the next week, but know that it's there and know that you're ready for anything that the race can throw at you. And that's kind of been what's worked for me and a couple of my, you know, a couple of the other runners I've worked with that have had a similar issue, but you know, where you're like, our brains are funny things and <laughs> nobody's brain works the same way. So it's just kind of, you kind of have to work through it. It's a work in progress. You're not going to get, go from like being, you know, you're not going to go from having really bad race anxiety to being perfect. Um, that's just not a thing that's going to happen, but you can get better at dealing with it and recognizing when you're feeling anxious and working on it from there. Um, so that's just kind of what I, what I try to impart um, on some of my athletes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely does. And it's something that, um, as I've talked about many, many times, although I finally, finally can say, I don't, this might be, this might be the first time I've said this on, on the show, but, uh, I can finally say I'm starting to get, uh, noticing an improvement in my mental game. Um, oh, and, nice. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a struggle. It's been, you know, of, of kind of getting to that, to that dark spot, that, that, that hard spot in, in, in a race. Because like you said, you know, you, everybody, everybody starts a race thinking that, all right, today's going to be, today's going to be the day, you know? Um, yeah. and, and, uh, I want to say, you know, the longer the race, the more, the more times you, or the more opportunities you have for things to go off, off kilter. But even for those short races, if you're trying to race hard, you know, one second is a big deal. So you could be one right. second fast, one second slow on, on your splits and that can throw you off. So, um, any race distance, doesn't matter if you're trying to, to, to push harder, even, even if you're just trying to go out there and, and cruise and have a good time, things can, can go uh, can, can go off, off track pretty quick and having, you know, being at least aware that that can happen, which can come from experience. And also obviously, like you said, Justin from visualizing and saying, all right, well, if, yeah. if this happens, what am I going to do? Um, it definitely, it definitely helps. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, uh, to feel like, you know what, like we're making some progress on that front, but it, so it takes time, I guess is what I'm trying to say for, for anybody who's maybe struggling with that race day anxiety <laughs> or that, that struggle mid race of like, Oh shit, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, right. Like, it's just got to be something you got to keep working at, just like you would keep working at your repeats or your base mileage or whatever it is. Yeah, and like to, to tell a story to kind of reaffirm that, um, like one of my, so just to go back to like my college running days when I like had this problem the worst, um, like in the 1500, so let's, if you think of it in a mile, it's a four lap race where that third lap is kind of the most important lap. So that's usually where everyone kind of falls off a bit. Cause it's not the bell lap. Um, and then you kind of lose some of that energy that you had in the, in the opening 800. So my biggest problem was kind of putting together that third lap and staying connected to the race. So a lot of times if the race got away from me, um, and I couldn't keep contact in that last lap, I'd kind of just mentally check out and not be able to run, you know, as fast as I can and as fast as I should. Um, just because like, I just, my heart and my mind weren't in the race anymore. Um, so what I worked on, um, luckily, like my coach in college was really good about this too, and kind of had some of the same, same issues that I had as far as like racing goes, um, which is staying connected, staying into the race, just kind of developing some mental cues uh, to once you felt yourself slipping, once you felt your mind kind of wandering in the race, just kind of snap you back into it. Um, and then, kind of the races where I was really successful is when I might not have been in the best position come the last lap, but I was still connected to the race. And then I could make that move over the last lap to kind of put myself where I'd want to be. So the thing is though, is it's not perfect. So you might have some races where you do it well, and then you might have a race, you know, your next race down the line that you kind of make your earlier mistakes again. So it's kind of rolling with the punches knowing that, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. Um, but nothing in running ever is. So right. 
that's well, gonna <laughs> and, and and shoot i mean you could you could extend that metaphor out to, to nothing in life you know you, we always have all these uh, plans yeah. and there's always there's always twists and there's there's turns and i think i think i said at one there's time analogies there oh yeah and, and somebody somebody <laughs> called me on this but you know life is gonna life it, it's just it's just what's yeah. gonna what's gonna happen um and running is you know racing is gonna race you know there's always gonna be those those things that uh you gotta adapt with and, and roll with and uh just when you think you've got it figured out and like you said you know you've had a couple races in a row where things have gone well like all right i'm, I'm in a groove uh that's when that's when you know the, the race gods or, or whatever however you want to look at it uh kind of look down and, and uh, shake their head and all of a sudden you have one of those days where you just go what what, what just happened like i don't understand why this happened and, and uh lesson learned and and move forward um, yeah i think we strive for perfection a lot and when you don't get it then it you know it's gonna like why did i put all this time into training and then to not run the race and win the race it's it's a hard question sometimes but Right. Yeah, exactly. Life's exactly. going to life. Life's like going to life. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so hey, I'm going to take a, a, a slight turn, although we've been talking kind of, you know, blurring the line between coaching and, and running and, and kind of your experience for a bit. I want to get into some of the coaching stuff, obviously the podcast as well. But uh, before we do that, I want to take a, a second and, and pay the bills real quick uh, and thank the, the folks from Exoskin for their, their continued support. Um, if, you, if you guys, if you haven't heard about Exoskin yet, uh, saddle up because we're going to be talking about them a lot over the next the next few months, uh, hopefully even longer than that, because it's, it's, a, it's a great company, a great product, something that I'm uh, excited to have a, a partnership with and, and, and be able to, uh, to you know, promote them and, and, and you know, kind of, like I said, just a, a partnership, sponsorship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but what they do, they, they make, you know, dry fit, uh, clothing that's really, I mean, just top of the line. Um, the, the founder of the company, uh, if, if I've got my facts straight, used to, used to sell his, his, um, his, his patented, uh, fabric to the companies that you've heard of before that, that kind of revolutionized and, and pioneered dry fit tech, dry fit technology. They started to try to lowball him on the price. He said, no thanks. I'm going to start my own company, and Exoskin has been born. and And uh, I mean, it's just it's just really great stuff. I've talked about it before. Like I said, I'll talk about it again. Socks, shirts, uh, pants, shorts, uh, compression gear, looser fit, kind of more comfortable, casual type of stuff. Um, and new things coming all the time. So uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, Exoskin.us is the website. You can use the code DizRuns at checkout and save yourself twenty percent. Um, which I think we can all agree that anytime you can, you can get a great product and, and, and save a couple of bucks on it as well. Uh, it's, it's, you know, why, why wouldn't you do it? Um, and then one other little kind of bonus thing that, uh, you know, that, that you wouldn't think about, but, uh, this, this company is, is trying to be as, as, you know, sustainable and, and green as, as we can be. And yes, they have, you know, the, the packaging that it comes in. Most of it's probably throwaway, but they actually like some of the, the, the bags that the actual product comes in, not the shipping bag, but the actual like, like bag, um, it's not just something that, that you tear off and, and throw away. It's like it's like a Ziploc bag on steroids. It's, it's super high quality, um, you know, like uh, basically reusable. Like I, I have three or four of these bags around the house that I use them for when I'm when I'm traveling. I put all my my cords in them so they stay organized in a bag. Um, I you know put pens and and, and sticky note pads because you all know I can't go anywhere without sticky notes and about eight pens to to write notes on with. Um, so when I'm when I'm in a when I'm in the airplane, you know, I don't have to try to scrounge around through the bag to find them. They're all just in this one high quality Ziploc bag. So it's just kind of one of those little, those little features that probably isn't going to make you buy their, their product or make, make you get the, the socks or the shorts or the shirt because of it. But it's just a nice little added, like, wow, like this is something that I'm not going to throw away. I'm actually going to use this for, you know, my toiletries or things like that or storing stuff. Um, so, you know, just one kind of one of those cool things that the company does. It's just a little bit, a little bit different, uh, than everybody else does. So definitely check them out. Exoskin.us once again is the website. And don't forget to use the code DizRuns at checkout to, uh, to save yourself 20%. And let me know what you get. Uh, I've, I'm so far all in on the, on the socks, the toe socks, especially, uh, the shirts are great. Uh, haven't tried the compression, sh- uh, shorts and, and, and the, the, the shorts and stuff what, and whatnot yet. So if you try those, let me know what you think, but, uh, thanks to Exoskin for supporting the show. So Justin, like I said, kind of shifting gears a little bit from the running, although, like we said, we've kind of been blurring the, the running and coaching lines anyway, but <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned in there that, that kind of coming out of, of college, out of graduation, you started working with, with the, the, the distance runners at, at the college as well. Um, how did that transition happen? Was that something that, that had been planned? Did you kind of fall into it or, or how did that kind of next yeah, step so in like, your career go? My running coaching has always been like blared a little bit. Um, cause even in high school, I, I took some, like, I don't know, it just intrigues me so much that like my high school coach would kind of take me through all my workouts. Like, this is why we do this. Um, and then in periods where I was hurt or periods where I wasn't running, like I'd actually help kind of help out coach the team. So then I started running in college. My high school coach decided to retire. Um, and I actually kind of coached our track team through that season when they were looking for a more permanent uh, track coach. So it's something that I've always kind of enjoyed. And I just 
something that I've always found fascinating is running and performance and what makes a runner tick, you know? Um, so luckily I had some really good coaches in college that kind of helped impart some wisdom and some coaching knowledge on me. Um, and then I've also kind of like read every coaching book under the sun. So I've always kind of been there. Um, my coach, coach Kelly Blake, when I ran a thump on, we kind of had a pretty mutual understanding as far as like coaching goes. So she'd bounce ideas off me. I'd bounce ideas off her as far as like my training went. The perks of going to a small school is you can kind of have that individualized attention and everything. Um, so everything was really individualized. So which gave me an opportunity to kind of like take control of my training and learn what works and like what makes me feel certain ways and what works kind of down the line as far as racing well. Um, so luckily I kind of had, I got really lucky as far as the coaches I have run under in my racing career. Um, so then from there, uh, we just kind of decided that I'd stick on as a volunteer assistant. And then kind of, she left the next year to go across the street to watch you. And I kind of stayed on to assist and help with the cross country team. So gotcha, gotcha. that's kind of where I got my start anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, now it's become something that, uh, is a bit more than just kind of volunteering at the, at the university, right? I mean, you're, you're coaching, um, yeah. People, are, are you virtual or in person? A little bit of both? How, do, how does your coaching work? A little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. I coach some people in town. Um, so I lived in St. Louis. So I coach some people. And then I moved to Kansas City last year. So I don't do as much in-person stuff anymore. Most of it's online. But yeah, this is just something I enjoy. Um, I coach, you know, people want to run a fast 5K. People want to run a fast marathon. I actually coach a couple ultra people too. So it's just I've always kind of enjoyed just like the learning process that comes with working with new distances and things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my passions. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with the running of it. I just look at all my runs as kind of a science experiment and a variable. So it just, it's one of those things that kind of goes hand in hand. Has it been, um, difficult at all, or have there been, been some struggles with, um, with, with, with coaching others in, in that and kind of, I guess where I'm coming with this question is, um, you know, you, I've heard, various examples across a bunch of different sports where, um, you know, sometimes those who were, were really good at the sport, um, you know, like some of the, the, the high profile examples would be, you know, Michael Jordan or, um, yeah. know, maybe someday LeBron James, something, something like that, where these, these guys who were just the best men and women, of course, uh, best at their sport don't do real well at coaching because they, they don't kind of know how to explain things because they never had to, to, not that they didn't work. I, I don't mean that of course, but <laughs> they never had to necessarily work through something like somebody who's nowhere near that level of, of just talent, uh, has, has, has been. And, um, you know, don't, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not like putting you on the, the world-class Olympic pedestal, but you know, you ran at college, you set a, you set a college, uh, school record. I mean, that's, that's something that, that not a lot of people have done. Um, and so if you're working with somebody who's maybe, you know, they're 40 and they're, they're just getting into running and they're trying to, to, to start. Maybe they've, they've never really run before. Um, has it been, have there been any difficulties or, or uh, struggles with, with communicating with kind of understanding what they're yeah, going I mean, through versus. I would say, I'd say in the beginning, it definitely was. Cause I, you know, I was a college athlete, but I'd say I was like a mediocre D3 college athlete as opposed to, uh, you know, I could place on the conference level, but I wasn't going to nationals or anything like that. Um, but that's that's so still a better runner than than myself right. or a lot of people that yeah. are listening are, you know. So then, you know, when I got out, I looked at myself as a mediocre runner and I was like kind of thought that I'd be able to relate. But yeah, looking at kind of adult runners who are just getting into it, that's kind of where I had to learn. You know, I had to learn again. It's always I'm always learning. <laughs> but I had to learn like exactly what the kind of pitfalls were for someone who is an active adult who is running who might have like three kids and just running in between the free time that they have. So right. well, knowing that like some of the adults I work with, it's not that they aren't working hard, but it's that they actually like don't have the time to do a lot of things that I would ideally in an ideal world want them to do training wise. So that was probably my biggest, um, my biggest thing I had to learn was just kind of working with people's schedules um, and then learning to kind of tailor the plan to like the amount of time and the amount of workouts that they could get in. So part of when I work with, adults who, you know, have a life. Mm -hmm. um, part of what I do is maybe talk to them about how to more like optimize some of their time and how to optimize their training in general of what's the most that we can do with the time given. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what has been the hardest thing for me or was the hardest thing for me to learn coming out of as a former college athlete, working with like those kind of kids to working with people who have other set of challenges. 
it was, it's different challenges for both groups. Like, um, you know, college kids, sometimes it's hard to get them to use all their time to the <laughs> right. best of their ability. And with adults, it's like, what time do you have that you can't use? So it's kind of that, <laughs> that complete opposite thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, definitely, um, a struggle that, that, you know, I mean, everybody's, everybody's busy. Everybody's got things, no matter, no right. matter what it is. Um, you know, it's, it's trying to, you know, we, we all have the same 24 hours a day, but boy, we all have a, a multitude <laughs> of things tugging at those, at those hours and trying to, to get the running in as, as well. Um, so, so kind of along those lines, one of my favorite things to do when I'm, when I'm talking with uh, fellow running coaches is try to, to, uh, you know, pick, pick your brain a little bit and kind of like we already talked about, you know, it's nice to hear you say some of the same things that I've said because it's a different <laughs> voice. And so hopefully it, it maybe registers yeah. with some people that have, have drowned me out a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if, if you were working with somebody, um, that, that was coming to you and, and again, you know, all the disclaimers out there, this is, this is generic advice. This isn't specific to any, any one situation, um, use this as, as a guide, but not as, as black and white, holy, holy text that you need to follow. Um, somebody's coming to you and saying they're they're trying to train for, um, you know, their first half marathon or marathon, uh, but they don't have a lot of time. They've got, they've got enough time, you know, just, just by the skin of their teeth to, to make it work, but not what you or I would probably classify as ideal, uh, as far as amount of time to get all of the running plus all of the other things in, um, I know that's terribly generic and not real, sp- and, and, and it, it's, it's a tough question to answer, but just to, just to throw it out there to, to just kind of, um, you know, in, in that type of, of a scenario, how, how much do you prioritize the running versus how much would you encourage that person to prioritize? You know what, cut a couple of those runs a little bit short to make sure that you have time to do the strength training or to do the stretching or the foam rolling, things like that. Um, because you know, I I've learned also like you always trying to learn and also kind of learning some things the, the hard way about, uh, the, the human psyche that, you know, it's like, if I, if I need to run and I've got 45 minutes, like, you know, the, the mentality is I'm going to run for 45 minutes. Um, but maybe the better bet is to run for 35 minutes and use those other 10 minutes to, to supplement the running. So, um, you know, for somebody that's in that situation, what's, what's your kind of advice on making it all fit in the, the little limited time that's available? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of on the, on the, belief that if you want to be a better runner like you have to run so like i'd rather you run than like cross train that sort of thing but uh i went to a clinic one time that was being run by jay johnson who is he uh ran at colorado he's done a lot of like human performance things um there's a lot of good like strength training for runner stuff out there um and one of the things that he said that really like stuck with me was he's like i'd rather have my athletes run five minutes less or ten minutes less so that they can do a five minute warm-up and a five minute cool down and that's something that like hearing him say it always kind of stuck with me as something that I kind of try to tell all my athletes is even if you have, so even if you have like 45 minutes, this is all the time that you have. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you, instead of going for a 45 minute run and trying to like hurry, sit down in your car, drive to work, whatever, um, I'd have you go 35 or 40 so that you can do, so you can do some mobility, that you can do some rolling out some stretching, whatever you have to do to kind of cool down properly. I would much rather you do that than run, sit down, drive off, um, <laughs> go about your life. Uh, I do agree with that, that I think it goes a long way to injury prevention and just like not keeping you stiff. Um, so I think, you know, runners in general are just going to be stiff and we're all going to have those kind of same ailments. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, for those that are that are interested in a bit more about Jay Johnson, he was he was on the show a while back. I don't remember the exact oh, number. Nice. Uh, four four hundred and something. We'll make sure it's in the show notes. Ellen Ellen will hook that up. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to hear more from you guys listening, if you want to hear more from from him and and some of the things that he said that I've I I've kind of uh, uh, bought into hook line and sinker as well. Check out uh, that episode with Jay Johnson from back in the archives. Um, but yeah, it's 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 always you know it's it's one of those things where it's 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 balancing. And, and I agree with you, Justin. Like you know you, we do need to run. You know, like 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 if, yeah. if that's if that's the goal, uh, you, you got to do some of that. And so it's it's just trying to to find that balance. And um, and maybe there's a bit of of trying to create some time in there as well, where you know you get the you get the the quote unquote minimum kind of cool down and mobility work after the run. But then like, what can you do later in the day to do a little bit of foam rolling while you're watching TV or things like that? So it's It's like, it it takes a lot. It takes five minutes to go through a good mobility routine. So I was trying to stress people that like, it doesn't take a lot of time. Like it might seem like a lot now because you're not doing it, but like (laughs) when you're doing it, like five minutes is up. Like what, if you're standing around talking to somebody or, you know, just how much time do we waste during the day that we could be using? Yep. Yeah. 
how, how many five minute increments do we waste over time? Oh yeah. I, I don't even want to start to think about that. Cause I am, I am as guilty as anybody, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's good stuff. So, um, it, one last kind of shift of, of the topic before yeah. we, uh, wrap up for today. And, and you've hinted at it a couple of times. We mentioned it in the intro, but, uh, the, the podcast run through it is the podcast title, um, available wherever podcasts are, are pretty much sold. Uh, and, and you said that one of the reasons to start the podcast was kind of, you know, kind of in that post college running kind of funk or, or, you know, just try, try to help find the joy from it. Um, so, that, that kind of takes that question out of the answer of, as far as why did you, why did you start it? But you know, it's, it's been, um, if I, if I looked at my dates correctly, somewhere in the, in the year and a half to, to, to something like that range since, since you started and, and still going. Um, so what, you know, if that was the, the goal to start the podcast to kind of help you get out of that funk and make running fun again, um, you know, assuming that that helped with that, but you're still continuing along. Yeah. Why, why are you continuing along with the podcast? What's, uh, what's, what are you enjoying about the the process of putting a podcast out? Oh, I, I just enjoy talking about running. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I like to do, I just like to talk about mainly like a lot of my podcasts are just me um, talking about certain topics. I just like to talk about past races, things that are coming up in the running world that you know interest me, that might interest some of my listeners that some things that kind of have a larger um, a larger impact. And then I also talk about mental health a lot. So kind of, there's a couple topics that I constantly go back to. And like some of that is the health of the sport. Um, some of that is just like fun things that happen in running. And then a lot of that is like running with mental illness and just like mental health in general. Um, and then sometimes I'll have interviews with other people, um, kind of around the Casey area that who I enjoy, um, that can bring something else to the table. So I've had, um, the UMKC coach on before, uh, you know, I've, just enjoy talking about running in general. So a lot of it is just me rambling on about things that uh, coaching topics that you can learn that you can take from um, like how elites might be training um, that sort of thing. So it's kind of a hodgepodge, but it's all in the general like running area. <laughs> hey, that's I, uh, I know, I know a little bit about kind of the hodgepodge and just as long as it stays, yeah. <laughs> stays close to running, uh, we're, right. we're good there. So, um, what, what's the, uh, what's the production schedule like every, every week, every couple of weeks, mul- multiple times a week, what, what, uh, can people expect when they're looking for the show? Yeah. So usually once a week, um, usually I do it on the day where I don't have a lot going on so I can kind of set a lot of time off and really do it right. Um, but yeah, usually once a week, sometimes I'll throw in an extra bonus episode here and there, but for the most part, once a week is kind of my the most I can do right now. Um, mm-hmm. then maybe I look to do in a more consistent schedule going forward, but, um, yeah, I enjoy it. It's a passion project of mine. So at least for the time being, and then if things go well going forward, then I might do more than that, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's kind of just something that I like talking about running and I like helping people out with their running issues. So which has always been something I wanted to work on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, one of the, the beauties of the world we live in these days is you don't, you don't have to, you know, buy airtime at the radio station or something like that. Like you would have had to do 20 years ago. It's like, you know what? I want to talk about running. I want to talk with some people about running once in a while. I want to let people listen to the, to the conversations or the thoughts that are in my head and coming out of my mouth. Boom. There you go. And, and just like yeah, that. And it's kind of fulfilling. I'm sure, you know, does when people actually like talk to you about an episode or like ask you oh, questions yeah. that were discussed on an episode, like, you know, that's, for the whole reason why we do it. And if I can change like one person's perspective on something, then that's, that's all the proof I need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, once again, um, you, you know, you can always use an extra, extra podcast and, and as, as runners, yeah, we can always mom, hear mom, people mom. talking about running as well. Run through it is, uh, is the podcast name. So find that in your directory, iTunes, Stitcher, all the, all the places, whatever podcast podcatcher app you use, you can probably search it up, uh, run through it. So Justin, before we, before I let you completely off the hook, the one last question, the way I yeah. uh, like to like to close things down, uh, is, is something I call a philosophical question, which is basically, um, kind of like the introductory question, something that's, that's short and sweet, very open-ended. You can take it and, and go with it as, as long or as short as you want. No, certainly no, uh, right answer, wrong answer, anything like that. Um, but, but I would just be, uh, be curious, um, you know, with, with where you are right now as, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but, but we'd love to, to kind of use this as, as a wrap up. Um, how has, has running, um, changed for you and not just, let me back that up. Not just how running has changed, but how have you changed in regards to running from college runner, Justin, to coach and still running, you know, obviously still running Justin of today, but no longer in that, that college mode. Like, um, you know, so it's, it's not just how running has changed. Cause we already really did get into that, but how have you changed as a runner 
uh, from where you were three or four years ago in, in college to where you are today? Yeah, I think the main thing is knowing that not everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as a college athlete, as a high school athlete, like the thing that I always wanted to do and this like maybe being an immature person myself is just like, always try to get every race, every workout perfect. And if it didn't go my way, I'd get, um, I definitely have some, you know, it, it would affect me as a, as a runner and it affect the rest of my day and my mood. if like things didn't go the way I was planning on them to go. So as a, you know, adult runner, <laughs> as a coach, like I always tried to stress, like it doesn't have to go perfect. As long as we're getting the effort in, as long as we're getting the workout complete, as long as we're just doing what we need to do, um, you know, the results don't have to be perfect every time. And eventually we will get there, but not every step along the way has to be the perfect step. Mm, per- perfect, beautiful, great, great insight, great wisdom. And I'm not going to, not going to get in the way and, and muddy that up. Cool. I've, I've learned to stay out of the way and let that set. So once again, guys, uh, at Horniker Justin and also at run through it pod, um, both Instagram and Twitter, the same, the same, those same two handles, both places. I think I managed that a little better than I did the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I usually <laughs> like the podcast one or just like podcast specific things and my personal one are just, uh, yeah, things I like to talk about. So Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> depends on what you a, want from me. <laughs> give him a follow on both places. Once again, the podcast name, run through it. Give him a, give him a subscribe, check it out, give it a listen, uh, leave it. him a review after you've listened to a couple episodes. Cause those are always helpful as well. Uh, and disruns.com slash six, eight, four is the, uh, the link for the show notes, uh, summary, uh, of, of the day's conversation, the cliff notes. If you want to reference back on it, links, all that good stuff are there. Disruns.com slash six, eight, four. So, uh, Justin, thank you for, uh, for taking the time. Uh, glad we were able to, to finally line things up and make it happen. It was definitely, definitely worth the wait. Uh, and certainly, uh, wish you nothing but success going forward with the coaching, with your running, with the podcast, all of the things. Um, but, uh, thanks for the time and, uh, have, have a great, uh, rest of 2019 and beyond my friend. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Justin and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was your takeaway from today's conversation? Uh, for me, it, it kind of kept coming back to something that uh, Justin talked about several times, and I, I even asked him to to elaborate on it a bit more. Uh, but that's that's the whole idea of making sure that that uh, we have joy in our running, we have fun, that we're enjoying the time that we're out there, what why we're out there, what we're doing. And I, I think that I'm guilty of this. Um, I think that maybe some of my some of my athletes, some of the Diz runners have been guilty of this in the past and some of that I'm as, you know, as I continue to grow and evolve and develop as a coach that hopefully I, I'm getting better at heading off at the pass. But I, I think that there's times that, like I said, myself, some of the people I work with, maybe you as well, lose sight of the fact that this is supposed to be fun. We get so focused on our goals. We get so focused on, um, you know, have to do these workouts. I can't miss this workout. I've got this goal race coming that, you know, I've, I've, I've got to, you know, trying to break whatever time I'm trying to, to PR BQ, run my first race, whatever, whatever it is, we get so caught up and focused on the goal and what we have to do to achieve the goal that we stop having fun, that we stop, um, laughing that we stop enjoying our runs and smiling and stopping to pet the, the random dog and, and things like that, that, um, can be that reminder that yes, we have goals. Yes, we have things we want to work towards, but at the end of the day, we need to make sure we're having fun as well. So, uh, it's, it's just that little bit of a reminder for me and, 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 you know, in, in the conversation with Justin today, it was just like, you know, yes, this is my job. You know, running is, is my job. Now the podcast is my job. Now coaching is my job writing, writing books. Yes. There's, there's another book, not, not quite in the pipeline yet, but, uh, the, the things are starting to, to come together to coalesce. Uh, there's some other big, big things that, uh, I've been thinking about and wrestling about that still might be a year or two away, but, but some things, um, that all relate about running. It's, it, it is my job. It's how I, uh, how I try to contribute to, to my family and, and help keep the, uh, the lights on and, and the food overhead. Um, but at the end of the day, my, my actual running needs to be fun needs to be fun. And shoot, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that uh, the rest of my job is pretty darn fun uh, as well. But, um, you know, for, for all of us, our, our running, our time out on the roads, our time out on the trails, we need to enjoy it. We need to not dread it, not uh, associate it with something that you have to do because of this goal. 
but it's something that you want to do in the pursuit of this goal. So it's a subtle little shift, but it's something that I think is oh so important for all of us. And it was definitely a, a great reminder to me uh, with talking to Justin and hearing him say several times that you know it, he had to find the joy in running once he got out of college. And once he was able to do so, then he was able to plug those goals back in and have things to work towards. And I think that's something that all of us would be wise to uh, to keep in the back of our minds, keep in the back of our heads, to make sure we're having fun. Make sure we're having fun uh, as, as, as often as possible. Hopefully, hopefully every single run. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Uh, and and I'm going to add a little bonus something here. In addition to, I would obviously love to hear your takeaways, but I would also love to hear what what brings you joy about running. What is what is that joy factor for you? What do you enjoy most about the sport? Uh, let me know both things. What brings you joy and what was your takeaway? At Diz Runs on Twitter, at Diz Runs on Instagram. You can shoot me a DM. You can tag me in a story. You can just create a post and tag me in that as well. Love to love to see those interactions. I uh, appreciate everybody who tags me on, on the social medias. Uh, once again, Diz Runs on Twitter, Diz Runs on Instagram. Uh, you can also shoot me a, an email, dizruns at gmail.com. Always love that. You know, when it's when it needs when you need more than 140 characters, I guess 280 characters is what Twitter allows these days. Uh, send an email, dizruns at gmail.com. And last but not least, you can always head over to the show notes. Leave a, leave a thought, a comment, a takeaway, a, a, an answer to the question of what brings you joy at disruns.com slash 684. We've also got some links there. Uh, of course, the, the some photos from Justin as well. If you want to check that out, disruns.com slash 684. And with that, thank you guys for listening. Uh, once again, I certainly appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to check out Exoskin and, and the products they have, some things that are coming down the pipeline as well. I'll certainly keep you informed of those as, as they come around. Uh, but the, the website, once again, exoskin.us, the discount code is DizRuns, and that's good for 20% off of whatever it is that you order. So with that, we'll go ahead and officially wrap this thing up, put a bow on it, and uh, stick it under the uh, proverbial Christmas tree since you know this show's coming out in February, so it makes no sense to talk about a Christmas tree right now. But uh, anyway... Appreciate you guys for listening. Hope that you enjoyed this one. As always, please be well. Please take good care. Please have a a great run. Whatever your next run is, I hope it's a great one. And I hope that it's fun. I hope that you enjoy it every step of the way. Uh, And until next time, take care, guys.